Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hello and welcome to the AEW Collision Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by another one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture's look ahead to this weekend's episode of AEW Collision. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we not only review AEW Collision, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to look ahead to Collision this weekend and a huge show with world titles on the line for both men and women. Yeah, like, earnestly, like, what a show this is. Um, me and Sidgwick were just having a chat over the desks, and he said he refused to preview any of them with the Kenny Mega singles match. I said, oh, God! <laughs> is that too much? Sorry, I... We started recording again, yeah? <laughs> so with Sidgwick being off for half term, <laughs> it's my privilege to be able to... Oh, he's joking, he's an excellent father. Um, and the system does not fucking work. No. Nope. Uh, and I've experienced that literally five minutes ago. So my wiring's all over the shop. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very, very excited for this, even if I'm going to get less chance to watch it because the system doesn't work and I've just lost some childcare. <laughs> uh, Thanks, guys. So sorry if that is reflected in my preview. Um, this is awesome. This is awesome. There has been some very uh, worthy conversations this week since the announcement of the match on Dynamite about the value of hot shotting and mm. about, you know, people have been making these like sort of tethered to reality kind of, but not really comparisons to WCW. And like when yes. when is when are too many old guys just relying on old guys like WCW did? When is uh, watching these crowds and ratings diminish like patterning off what happened to WCW when WB got a fall yeah, again? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, this is the latest one, isn't it? You've got Goldberg and Hogan in night year in the Georgia Dome getting announced on the Thunder days earlier, and it's this incredible moment that we all remember from Nitro that won them a week, but ultimately we probably should have saved that one for a pay for you guys. Blah 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 blah. This is the latest one of them. This looks a bit like this. Yeah. It's not that, but I get where people are coming from. I think this is absolutely one of AEW's, quote, money matches that they are prepared to let people watch for free. I think there is a a timeline where this first time... Is it first time? It's first time singles, Surely, obviously. yeah. Like if they've interacted in tags, one isn't jumping to mind. No. Um, definitely first time singles meeting would have been a pay-per-view main event. A proper thoroughbred headliner... You haven't seen this before, and now you're getting it. So I get the criticism of this being rushed to television. But I don't know about you, Kenny Omega and MJF's face-off, capping off an awesome first half an hour of Dynamite, this MJF cinematic universe Mm. at present, gave me the biggest buzz around anything AEW, probably since being in Wembley Stadium. Like, 
not since then have I felt so alive and like as a match or a, a, a ev- an event like this felt so fizzing with possibilities. Um, I was talking with Adam Nicholas about this yesterday. We're both big Jay White guys, but we're both kind of resigned in the reality that Jay White is not going to defeat mm. MJF at full gear. They'll fool us on the night, but it doesn't help the anticipation. We say this about all wrestling matches, right? If you don't, you need a minimum of like 1%. If you can't get that yes. in a title match, you're kind of struggling. Uh, I don't have it, truthfully, with MJF and Jay White, but I do have it with Jay White and Kenny Omega. So the idea that Jay White could defeat Kenny Omega has then made me think Kenny Omega could defeat MJF. Yeah. And that's why dropping this here as in a bit of atomic bomb to all the plans is where you get your 1%. Or in my case, I would say maybe 5% of doubt that Kenny Omega might actually win this belt. The MJF has got a million enemies (laughs) and zero friends situation. is absolutely fascinating to me. I shared a theory with you this morning that I will share with the listeners about the devil and how that could factor directly into this. Uh I kind of love they've done this. That's a long way of me saying I love that they've done this. I am really buzzed for this. I think as a way to bring Collision back after it had its finale on the episode before All In, <laughs> I think it's an awesome season. Is it a season premiere, right, of Collision? Season premiere. They've just been doing reruns, yeah? So, like, as a season premiere of Collision, <laughs> Collision season two, what a way to get going. It's just to be honest, for me, personally, and purely selfish reasons, it's just nice to be able to actually preview the huge match on Collision, not sit there on Saturday and go... Well, that'd have been nice to know around 3pm on uh, Friday afternoon. That must, like, you and Sid must get, like, a pain in your stomach when you get, like, a Rampage graphic drop. Oh. Ah, that's class. Like, they've done, well, you know the, um... Dream match the other week, the last week. Yeah. The, you know this cool, like, collision party match thing they do where they just put loads of the paper rivals in against yeah. each other. They're like, oh. anyway, like it, you know, they, 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 it's never nothing advertised. Yeah. But, and it, I can understand as well, and I want to talk a little bit about Rampage in a mm, short while. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, as, as a content creator, it is kind of frustrating that you get like a couple of matches maybe announced on Dynamite, and then if they do announce anything prior to or after Rampage, it's usually on social media, and it's usually a long time after me and uh, Sidge have gone home. But yeah, obviously the story here is MJF breaking Kenny Omega's record. What was it, three, four, six days? Something, something like, like that, that yeah. Um, 346 days, by the way, not three, four, or six days. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think he does it's it. It's not a TNT championship in 2022. I think he does it, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think he should ever lose the world title. And uh, I don't understand why people are talking about this babyface turn because he's been a perennial babyface from the moment he stepped foot in this organisation for me. But still, friendly to you. And indeed us. Indeed. Yeah. I think, believe, uh, when asked about us, uh, he said... One of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- Not my words. Words of the AW World Champion, who will remain so on Saturday night, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Perhaps not through his own solo efforts, let's say. No. Uh, let's talk about what we know before talking about what we're, what I, maybe not we, maybe you don't agree, maybe you think I'm being dumb, but we're going to speculate I like it. What we know is that uh, Samoa Joe has offered his services, and by the way, can we just talk about the law? Them two coming together all the way back in 2015 when Joe says, get the f*** out of my way, security guard. Oh and now, God. all these years later, often that same arm going, I'll be a security. And Phil and I talked about this yesterday, the idea that Adam Cole could come back and be like, sorry, you're best friends with him now? And or Roderick Strong could be like, Max, he's the one who did this to me. But MJF being like, uh, but Adam, you told me to start letting people in. And I'm just doing what you, oh God, like the this, this confused... Like how much even more so if he starts gaming with Joe. Joe's a gaming guy. Isn't he's he? a gaming guy, I think. Yeah, and twisted metal. Um, yesterday, 
MJF, but then again, is MJF so good at being bad that he's, is he yet at the point where he's like, oh, you played yourself? Or is he now just getting played? That's what's the, like, have we, we are so far now into MJF the baby face that some people are stopping asking the question, when's he going to reveal his true colours? And that's when he does it, right? Like yes. that's, uh, that's what's so cool about this. The longer we stop asking, stop asking questions, the more that MJF plan, if it is an evil plan, is working. So you steal a catchphrase of the greatest trick the devil ever pulled. Mm-hmm. Was pretending that he wasn't going to feature on this episode of Collision. That's the whole <laughs> thing, isn't it? And that's, I believe that's what they said in the film 30 years ago. Um, yeah, I love the idea of Samoa Joe kind of entering into this uh, mutually beneficial transaction. I'm going to shoot, kill everyone on this roster. I'm just going to kill you last. Yes. Cool plan. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> that's an Arnold Schwarzenegger thing, that, isn't it? Is that right? Is that the plot of a film? You're funny. That's why I'm going to kill you last. Oh, there you go. So that basically, he doesn't in the end. He kills him prior to that. So that's two films from like the late 80s, early 90s that were directly referenced in this episode of Collision. Let me find out which film it is because that's going to annoy me. Kill you last. Kill you last, Arnie. Predator. Was he even in the Predators? I don't know. Sully. It's from Commando, 1985. Is that the one? I know that one. I'm not great on my Arnie's. Is that the one where he has to uh, leave a life in the police force to go and work in a children's daycare centre? Oh, God. Commando, yeah? <laughs> no? Is that the one where he's sent from somewhere or there to... I don't want to say kill. It's a bit like the hospital local medical facility. I'll change the word. Terminate. Not quite. All humans on Earth. Is it the one where he's got to terminate all humans on Earth two? T two. <laughs> is that is that one? No. Again. Is, that, is that the one where he is one of like many humans that have got to escape a bunch of killers? Check this out. Not by walking, but by running. No, it's of course the one where he has to get Turbo Man for his son before Christmas. Think about it. Oh, getting so also starring Sinbad. Is it the one where he's got a brother that looks just the same as him? Twist, he looks totally different. <laughs> Is it the one where he's f***ing pregnant? Because we don't talk enough about that. That just <laughs> happened, didn't it? That was, we all Junior, let it happen. Junior just happened. We're like, oh yeah, Junior's a film. Oh, he's having a baby. <laughs> How the bloody hell is that going to happen? Is he going to piss me out with gag? I've never seen it. How does the baby come out? I can't remember. Right. So, MJF and uh, <laughs> Kenny Mega for the AW World Heavyweight title. The biggest match in AW history. It's up there, sorry. No, so yeah, Samoa Joe, as uh, MJF's protector, is really interesting because just because he said he's going to protect MJF, it doesn't mean he's going to be successful. Kenny Omega is not stupid. Kenny Omega is also tough as nails. So, if he sees Samoa Joe coming onto the apron, he's going to V-trigger him off it. Mm-hmm. Stands the reason he's going to at least try. Joe in return could uh, attack Kenny Omega, could also volunteer himself as one of MJF's partners because Joe coming out could trigger the arrival of a Wardlow, could trigger the arrival of a acclaimed or a Bullet Club Gold. There are a million people involved in this and it's kind of awesome as yes. a result. MJF needs to find four partners for Dynamite, three partners for Dynamite. Yes. Three partners <laughs> for Dynamite and one for Full Gear. Yeah? So take your pick out of this random bouquet. Out of the wrestlers. MCU. Out, out, very good. Nice. Now, the Maxwell Cinematic Universe is hundreds of them. So, great. Really great. And that will probably factor into a finish where Kenny Omega is unfortunately overwhelmed by the carnage and the chaos. MJF retains, and on we go. I think there's going to be a 30-minute draw. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why, because there's double law here, right? MJF going 30 minutes with Kenny Omega, uh, having gone 60 with Brian Danielson, who, if you recall, also went 30 minutes with Kenny Omega, yeah. continues to position MJF as a man that can say... 
he is the best wrestler in the world. He went an hour with Brian. He went 30 with Kenny. Kenny went 30 with Brian. Ergo, like, and he wants to keep fighting, but uh, maybe some people in masks come down and beat the crap out of both of them. Sure, I took my licks. MJF offering five more minutes, like he did with Wembley. Like, oh, well, not five minutes, but we'll fight all night. Yeah, yeah. Again, to subvert that, like, and you've always had, if you remember, and I never want them to drop this, remember that little bit of uh, dick measuring between Adam Cole and Kenny Omega? Mm-hmm. But they never really picked back up, did they, because of injuries and stuff? Like, this yeah, idea that, like... didn't work out. Yeah, like, it doesn't need to be that way. Like, here, it's like they've both gone 30 with MJF. Neither of them's got it done, but Kenny didn't lose. Like, he's not managed to save his record, but he wants another go. And there's a, there's your pay-per-view match. There's M, uh, there's AW preserving yeah. the bit, no time limit, no holds barred, whatever. Like, you still get a pay-per-view match because this time there must be a winner. Like, draws are great. We talk about why draws are so cool to have once in a while. So that is actually what I think is going to happen. <laughs> that is one thing AW needs right now is draws. Uh, I didn't mean to give him that. I'm looking at the camera now because I'm getting used to it. I didn't mean to give him that, listeners, but I suppose I did. I'm giving it out today. NXT UK got a stray shot on the news as well. So That's good, yeah. You're just firing. You'll take down anyone in your path. Yeah. So that's what I Not think. NXT, obviously. There's that, a line. That's what I think is going to happen. Do you want some dumbass fantasy booking? Yes, please. Good. So, the devil, right? You're aware of his work. I am. Um, in, also, there's a devil in AW. Ooh. All right. <laughs> So there's the devil in AW, the devil's got henchmen, and the devil's been kicking ass, specifically on Jay White, and it appears to be to frame MJF, but it could be earnestly to help him, and MJF could be lying. Mm. Is there anything I've missed? No, not that's, as far as I'm aware. That's what we know, right? Just very <laughs> convenient that they attacked Jay what? Jay White. The devil is obviously MJF's mask and the guys that he's professed to be all along, uh, who, Adam Wilborn, historically does not get along that well with the old devil. Mm. He's not a big fan. He's, who would you say is like the devil's legacy rival? I'm going to go with God. Correct. All right. God and his kid, Jesus, second generation star Jesus Christ, has been featured in AW of late, mm. only with his face removed right, to be replaced at the Last Supper by Don Callis. Ah! Right, we've seen that painting. Yeah. And all the blurred faces seem to imply that there will one day, like his disciples, there will one day be more people added. Like you see Sammy Guevara gets added to the Last Supper table. Powerhouse Hobbs gets added to the Last Supper table. And so on and so yeah, on yeah, and so yeah. on. And Callis has made it clear that like the family will continue to grow. And all of this is theoretically to get to Kenny Omega. Now, wouldn't it be quite nice if he was able, as the devil... Don Callis to lead his henchmen to help MJF win and take out Kenny Omega at the same time. Oh my God. And leave MJF suddenly looking very guilty because they've just protected his title streak when he needed them the most. Oh my God. When he's surrounded by enemies. That's awesome. For everybody to look and go, uh, I know you're saying it's not you, but I mean, that worked out pretty bloody well for you, didn't it? You've got like 100 enemies and you're going to lose your streak. And all of a sudden they turn up and they help you just when you need them. First time you see them in the ring, the devil is conducting traffic. The devil looked quite slender, big, but not wrestler big. Certainly not MJF himself big. So that could be Callus himself. Uh, I appreciate if you think about how big uh, Takesha is and how big Hobbs is, it might be difficult to obscure those through simple black jumpers. <laughs> I haven't thought this all the way through. Callus is the devil, however. I feel like has a bit of uh, a... Little I bit. love that. Shout out as well. I was having a conversation with um, Ben Ashelford, a listener of ours and a um, 
friend of mine who want, shared a, a brief life together as workers at a Haven Holiday Park. There are some stories that, if you ever meet him in real life, can only be told off mic. <laughs> um, but he came to me this morning on X to say that he thinks it's punk. I haven't seen, This is not the first time I've seen it. The oh, greatest, I did see him say this, yeah. The greatest trick the devil ever played is pretend that he didn't exist, all that sort of thing. I wish... Against all wishes that Punk was still there. He's obviously not. I don't think it's Punk. But it did stem off into a conversation about it being Jack Perry. In, let's be honest, what would only be his second most devilish act of 2023. <laughs> uh, it would be the first time that Jack Perry had the opportunity to be a top-line heel. Mm-hmm. He was kind of booed ahead of Dublin Nothing, but he's never really... He was a babyface going into it, at least, wasn't he? So this would propel Jack Perry from nothing right back to the top of the card. And Jack Perry is a smaller guy that could be wearing the devil's mask. He's had kind of no place in... But what we do know is that mask was hanging backstage at All In, was it not? Yes. Now, you're going to have to remind me of Wilborn. Was was Jack Perry backstage at All In and causing any any bother? I can't. Um, I'll check my notes here. I believe he might have been, you know. So he was in the right place at the right time. So, yeah. Uh, I don't think Jack Perry's a terrible shout, you know. No. What a way to reintroduce an incredibly controversial figure back into television. Like, is there a is there a bigger lightning rod for when this person returns than Jack Perry? Like, that mask reveal is a proper... Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jack Perry's back. Like, so lots of different... Set, but I, One I, thing we're sure of is Omega's Records gown. I think so. Yeah, that's... Of all the uncertainty, that's the one. I, I don't think uh, we get a win, or a, a win or a loser. I think we get the draw, but yeah, Omega doesn't... What is he, what, like, longest-serving AW champion? Yeah, longest reigning, yeah. Gone after tomorrow. Um, or tonight, whenever you put this online. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not used to this. In terms of uh, world title matches, that's not the only one, of course. Hikaru Shida defending the women's title in a thing that incredibly confused Excalibur. Tony Storm facing the winner of Ruby Soho versus Hikaru Shida. I mean, also after Hikaru Shida defends against the winner of Sky Blue versus Willow Nightingale versus Anna Jay versus Abaddon. Mm-hmm. A returning Abaddon? Uh, I've not been watching Rampage, obviously. Who well, else? Um, uh, like the like the Halloween adjacent. It's very close, isn't it? Calendar work puts Abaddon right in the frame. You remember their incredible effort against Britt Baker. Remember that Abaddon's last AEW match was on Dark in 2022. Uh, and then she's had dark matches. Was Abaddon Britt Baker around Halloween? Yes, sure. That was class. That was so good. I, I, I want to say 2021. Crowds are back, I think. Uh, 27th of yeah. today's date. Right. So it was two years ago so, today. There you go. The trickle treat match. So Abaddon in Halloween title matches has law, and that was so fun. Like, that was really great. Yeah. Like, a proper over-delivery. You were seeing Britt Baker in the form of a life. You were seeing Abaddon in an environment that completely suited that character, which is weird because um, that character's introduction was one of AW's best, if you recall. Mm. Anna Jay was the victim. Yeah. Who was there big up, wasn't she? LTST. Great, that. Um, but since then, if, like, when you... We said this about all the kind of spooky characters. When you lose or grab headlocks or do anything that feels too pro wrestling a little bit of that character dies, doesn't it? So I would almost say, sod it, go with Abaddon. Because you've promoted Sheeda versus Tony Stark. record. Career record within AEW, 41 and 3. That's a good record. Yeah. Go with Abaddon. Go with Abaddon, right? On Dynamite, they told you Tony Storm is fighting Hikaru Sheeda. A development, by the way, I don't like. But 
Um, you want to talk about that now or not? Might as well. What do you think of Luther as a butler? <laughs> Funny. Uh, I love that backstage, Timeless Tony Storm got over very quick. Mm-hmm. Very hot, very quick. And across the crowded locker room, Chris Jericho turned to a mirror and said to that mirror, you go to that Timeless Tony Storm character and you get yourself involved in it. <laughs> and he sat for days. I've got to leave the powerhouse up tonight. How am I going to parlay a powerhouse ops injury into a silent movie character in the <laughs> women's division. Like, how do I get myself in this fucking character? It's the hottest thing we've got in the company. They won't let me near MJF after what I did to them the last time. <laughs> that peaked with dinner debonair. Uh, how, can I, how can I do? I can't go back to Orange Cassidy because I've done that one. Big ball of orange. I know. Luther, get over it. You're kind of the last guy to be my butler in this locker room, right? <laughs> well, keep the jacket on and go do it for Tony Storm. I don't love it, and I'll tell you why. They turned Tony Storm babyface when she came out to chase off Ruby Soho in the title match. That was the confirmation that Timeless Tony Storm, a very popular character, you were now encouraged to cheer, right? You give her a heater in Luther uh, and position her against the babyface world champion, that's kind of a casting her as the heel, yeah? Not ideal. Furthermore, she was this one character that allowed you, try this on for size, to tell two stories at once in the women's division. <laughs> she didn't need to be near the belt. Timeless at least Tony not yet. No. Timeless Tony Storm working a heel who's like, this is bollocks, mate. What is this character? I'm going to, like, you know, you're in fantasy land and I'm going to beat you back into reality. And Timeless Tony Storm kicks her ass. Yeah. That's a story. It's got nothing to do with the title. It uses television time on something other than a match in front of a dead crowd. You could have had Sheeta fighting, I don't know, 20 bored women backstage. You can't get a go, right? But no. Tony, Tony Khan was like, that's hot. Down a match. You've, sol- you've solved all of my problems, by which I mean none, because I don't care. <laughs> like... I was really, really disappointed to see that, but we are where we are. The match is going to rule. They've as good as promoted Storm and Sheeta for a bail. So what you want is a challenger that credibly wins this match, has an incredible... It's Dynamite next week, yeah? What? The title match. Oh, I thought it was full gear. No, no, no. Full gear is Storm and Sheeta. Yes. So the winner of this... Oh, it's for Collision at Abbreviant, right? Yeah. Great. So at the Halloween match... So you have the Rampage match. Rampage? For, I'm so confused. I'm sorry. I can't say anything about this because looking at Abaddon's record, I've seen who wins the four-way on Rampage tonight. Ah, right. Okay, well, in case, don't even look at me. <laughs> it's like that Britney song, don't look at me. Oh, Christina, I don't know. <laughs> Abaddon wins. Abaddon Sheeta on Collision. The match is a total blast. Uh, Halloween, I mean, let's be honest, it's going to be the second most fun Halloween-themed wrestling thing of the week. Oh, yeah, it's kind of compete unless she suplexes her on a slide and then you have a fighting chance. Um, but Sheeta retains. Abaddon is great in the moment and then we get back to Sheeta and Tony Storm on Wednesday and I want to be able to look at you again otherwise this conversation feels weird so let's move on to what's next. I'm going to say very quickly my thoughts on this. If it is Abaddon that wins, mm-hmm. I'm not saying if it is or it isn't, mm-hmm. but if it is, give her the title. Okay. Take the title off Sheeta. Ab- oh my! Have the Hollywood yes. versus the monster uh-huh. in the big. I love that. Like Tony if Storm. That's what's going to happen. Tony Storm has to make a horror movie. There you go. To build up to it. I mean, just when I thought it was out of them. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, the House of Black are back. Mm. They kicked everyone's ass last week. Brian Danielson, then FTR, and then just generally the Blackpool Combat Club in the main event uh, after, well, I suppose after during, really, uh, a Ricky Stars big, big title defense. Mm. What's next for him? House of Black. All right. <laughs> uh, do you know what I think's next for them? They're going to kick some more ass on collision. Like, it's only one week of hoop and ass, right? They've made a, ton, a bunch of rivals. I, I watched this because, uh, hang on, let me sort of insert my AI chip because I catch every minute of Collision every week. I watched this because uh, <laughs> Andy Murray specifically told me you should see the House of Black kicking ass all over Collision, so I went back and watched it. I found the closing moments really strange. Like, you've whooped ass all night, and then you kind of, it almost degenerates into too normal a standoff with them in the BCC. Because mm. you're not just like, let them have one night of kicking ass. Like I get them through it and just be like, the, who are these targeting? What's their game plan? Regardless of all of that, I think all three of them step in as MJF's partners for Dynamite. Wow. I think this is a, there might be BCC stories. There might be whatever, you know, they're beating down Danielson for now, whatever. I think they are equal opportunity ass kickers and they see an opportunity where there are three silhouettes that they can jump right into Kick a bit of Bullet Club gold ass because it gives you something to do for after full gear, like Bullet Club and House of Black in collision with one another. Uh, and yeah, I think they don't particularly uh, reveal their alignments. They don't reveal their longer, bigger game plan. They just somehow, like maybe tonight, MJF's warming up for the Kenny Omega match. Tonight, tomorrow, whenever collision, warming <laughs> up for the Kenny Omega match. And then he turns around and it's Jeru has been oh. placed on his on his chair, okay. and it's of uh, three skeletons, <laughs> but they're in boo-booey scarves. <gasps> and the card says, "Out new ship." <laughs> and MJF looks at it and he says, "What's this nerd?" And <laughs> <laughs> like one of the masters sneak back into the shot and be like, oh, "Well, uh, we'll be a part." Just of to it. clarify, <laughs> it'd be perfectly clean. Yeah, I. Yeah. It was such, such a weird thing on Collision last week. It was just like three different times, lights off, lights on again. It's good, right? I loved it when he kicked Danielson's head off. Nothing against Brian Danielson, no. of course. But like Collision having them as like like terrifying the locker room. It did feel a little bit like FTR came out for their tag match, another squash. And I was like, no, no, they won. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's a welcome relief. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, there's a, a part of me that wants to see... You know, FTR versus... I don't know if they're going to do BCC stuff, obviously. Mm. Um, and then there was the weird sort of 
exciting but simultaneously quite flat ending to Dynamite where it felt like they left the cameras on 30 seconds too long. I get it, Danielson's down selling. Jaw, oh, my bloody jaw, Okada, what have you done again? You've injured me. And then there's, you know, Hook and Uter and all that. Right. Okay. Bye. Um. Oh, my God. Oh. oh, I've got it. Collision. Uh, in action. Uh, graphic in the open or whatever. In action later on, Sean Spears. Wait. Sean Spears is in the ring. He's ready to take on some challenge. Lights go down. Lights come back on. House of Black. Uh, House of Black beat the tar out of Sean Spears, mm-hmm. right? Um, FTR come out to make the save because they want revenge on the House of Black for getting in their business yeah. last week. Uh, the save goes all right, and you kind of get the impression there's going to be a trios match between the three. Maybe on next week's collision, FTR and Sean Spears. One more time, Max. This ain't personal. This is business. The pinnacle. Oh, Bullet Club Gold. And then you've got Wardlow yet again as the outside man to all of this on Wednesday's Dynamite. I like that. I like that. Look at, a lot. Look at, look at Buddy AEW ruffling his hair. Look at it. Like, so much around MJ. I tweeted this yesterday. I'm getting I'm getting it from all sides with this AEW situation at the moment. I'm having good chats. I like the chats on X about the quality of AEW and stuff like that. But I, I said this on the Dynamite coverage. I'm not so sure people love. Uh, our attitudes towards AEW. I don't want to speak for all of us, but mm-hmm. some of our own individual tastes and takes on AEW. And I do include Sidgwick in that, but I think he's got the best of the lot. Uh, he wrote 120,000 passionate and insightful Indeed words. Indeed he did. On that very, very company. But I, I last night, was thinking about this so much, excited for Kenny Omega and MJF and all these things that I've already waffled on about. I was like, I think the power's back. I think wherever we're at right now is seeding for a good 2024. Mm. And then, like, I got a couple of replies. Again, in good faith, nobody's been abusive. <laughs> and I'm going to disagree with Hamlet, and here's why. I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, Reaching I hate this. bro. Uh, not that. This is my point. Like, people are going, I get what you're saying, but also go f- yourself, because I don't like this, I don't <laughs> like this, and I'm not best pleased with this on Dynamite either. And I'm going, well, that, that's also correct. What a weird company. Yeah. But I, like, I've, ta- I've worked myself into a shoot that about 20 class things are going to happen on Collision. Very quickly, since we're on controversial topics, your thoughts on Tony Khan, quite rightly, calling out the terrible actions of Vince McMahon, mm. uh, a man who had to resign from WWE in disgrace. Yeah. Um, you know, multiple sexual assault allegations. Mm-hmm. And then going, anyway, here's Ric Flair. Uh, dumb if he didn't expect to get an enormous blowback off it. Mm. More than anything else, don't look, we, me and Phil covered this on the news yesterday, and it's a very sensitive subject, and I welcomed people to... Uh, offer their arguments to one another in the comments as long as they were doing it respectfully. I'm not going to tell anyone what to think on this podcast or anywhere else. I know what I think, and I imagine our long-term listeners know what I think, but what I will say is that um, if Tony Khan assumed because he'd decided that enough time had passed that he was willing to do this, that everybody else thought that too, he was foolish or he was naive. So my belief is that he was fully prepared to accept that blowback and kind of just his head in the sand on this specific subject today as wrestling does and as we're all guilty of uh i'll tell you what was appearing in the comments that news because i did read them because i was keen to see people's opinions on it uh i'm just going to say this because i haven't said it in a while darby allen and jay lethal were named in speaking out and if i say that does that stop some dickwads on the internet thinking well you never talk about that like with their arms folded Wrestling is littered with this, mm-hmm. and I am just as guilty as anybody else of forgetting these things and not not forgetting, but maybe not 
empowering the voices of those that aren't loud enough that mm. raise these awful things in the first place. 2020 was three years ago. None of that should be forgotten, and yet wrestling. And it's almost more successful for this because of the daily, weekly content churn. It moves forward quicker than almost everything else. Mm. Like, I don't really believe that cancellation is real, but what I do believe is that in something like film and in cinema, like, people can disappear from the limelight for a while because you don't have uh, 10 shows a week with which to help distract people. Mm. And wrestling just does that. It, what? Was it 2021 when Kenny and Andrade did that stuff together in Mexico that brought Flair in to like that universe and made you think, he's, he's coming in. Mm. Flair's going to be in by the end of 2021. Yeah. And the dark side aired, and then obviously he was persona non grata in WWE. The idea of him being in AEW was just a very bad one. So then the last match was promoted kind of outside of anyone's promotion. Yeah. It was a kind of a Conrad thing, wasn't it, if I remember correctly? But everyone that worked that match is in AEW now. Jarrett's there, Lethal's there, Karen's there. Everyone in the building with Flair was there, apart from Flair himself. Tony Khan made a choice. And everything that happens off the back of that, he kind of has to wear it, mm. good and bad. And, he, you know, he's, he, we talked about in the news this morning. It's... TV rights season, he's trying to pop ratings, put, putting Flair on there. Didn't yeah. work. Well, they didn't know about him, to be fair. No, he was a surprise, wasn't he? Well, Sting's gift didn't work as a draw. No, like that. but, uh, yeah, and, and and to be fair, it's not only wrestling either. I mean, it's, I'm talking about the news that people go like, well, that's them done forever. Yeah. And you give them two years and they go, oh, welcome back. It's like... This is what we this uh, we got grief for this as well, me and Phil. Don't babyface billionaires, right? Just don't. Because ultimately, right, what you can choose with all of this power, it can kidipt, and it does. But you can choose to do good things as well. And like the charity toy drive thing the other week, like the way that AW handles deaths. Yeah. Like the way that um like AW doesn't release people mid contract. Like they just see out their dick. Like that is like that is for wrestling, low bar. A nice way to do business. There are nice things that go on that I think Tony Khan does that Vince McMahon never did. Yes. So this is not just a black and white. This is not as simple as, right, bad guy, good guy, the end. Like, you can make good decisions and bad decisions. Tony Khan made an awful decision when he opened up Twitter on New Year's Eve uh, oh boy. 2021. You know, like, th there can be these bad moments and good moments and all the rest of it. And I think Tony Khan's copybook is... Uh, but again, it's better than Vince McMahon's, but how low are we set in the bar? Mm -hmm. So it's just, there are decisions that get made, bad ones and good ones, but when you are in the position to make those decisions, you eat the consequences of those decisions. So anyone that felt strongly enough to be like, that's disgusting, I'm not going to watch your show, or that's disgusting, I feel the need to tell you on Twitter that I think that's disgusting, which, to be fair, a billionaire could just switch his phone off, like, just eat that, you know, mm. like, just, just take your medicine, you made that choice. If people going forward hold the three letters of AEW in lower esteem, then he has to take that consequence as well. Like if people, if Ric Flair was the line that represented uh, like how willing AEW were to kind of like try and rise above wrestling's ugliness, they just fell below it. Yeah. And that's everybody's individual decision to have and everybody's individual. I don't like it, right? But everybody is going to make their own individual mind up and choose how they interact with AEW as a result. And I don't think... A billionaire needs to be coated in bubble wrap or no. cotton wool for making that choice. We will praise AW again in a second, but one final thing I wanted to talk to you about is something I got into with people online yesterday. Uh, and I want to talk about the rampage that Miro's been on. and Hopefully that will continue. He's been on rampage. <laughs> well, speaking of rampage, 
got this huge match. Mm. Santana and Ortiz have been feuding. Uh, there's been some great stuff that I've seen on social media, obviously, all about it. Yeah. And then I log on to Twitter last night, X, and I see that this Friday, today, yeah, yeah. there's going to be a no DQ, falls count anywhere match, Mike Santana versus Ortiz, big blow off. Mm-hmm. And I posited, why hasn't this whole angle been on dynamite or collision? Mm-hmm. And now I understand people were saying this, like I, I know why they, they're putting this on this air to give us a reason to watch Rampage. Yeah. And, I, and to, to a certain extent, I understand that. I think the ship sailed on Rampage. There's, mm. They would have to do this sort of thing every week for six months for me to go, you know what? Even though I'm not reviewing it, even though I'm busy with so many, I've watched so much wrestling all week long. I know it's part of my job. I'm very lucky. I get all that. But fans feel the same. You can run out of energy have, in a week for wrestling. I can just watch Eric. Yeah. I can just sit there and watch Eric. Well, who's he working this weekend? <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Every weekend. He's going 50. Well, in life, mate. <laughs> He's going 50-50 with that nappy. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take time out of it to watch Rampage. Mm. Like, look at the ratings. I'm not a ratings guy. I don't like talking about it regularly, but no one's watching. No. Barely any. Certainly not to the extent it was. I'm not going to obviously compare it to the flipping, you know, punk First no, show, no, no, I, yeah, I get that, yeah. But it's, you know, it's certainly dipped. And I, to a certain extent, I'm not saying don't put this, don't put this match on Rampage. Put something on Dynamite or Collision. That's, Give them an in-ring promo. Give yeah. them something, man. Well, because that's the conversation really, isn't it? I think you've probably, if you've eaten any kind of, for this take, I think it is probably because at this point it's been lost, like what, Rampage even is. Like, I have this thing where I can't... So every week, pretty much, thanks to the good people of X, because I I don't... Same as you, there's only so much time I can dedicate. I don't watch all of Ring of Honor, but I'm hugely invested in Athena and Billy Starks. Yes. And Lexinair and the Minion in training and Athena's run in general. And because of that, that's my exposure to Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. not watching the entire Ring of Honor broadcast. Now, I'm not going to beg for this story to be transported into AEW because it's a Ring of Honor story, but I think the point is the same. Like, what are Ring of Honor and Rampage for? Because if Rampage is a show that you want to draw people to, then you are within your rights to want to put one feud on Rampage. Uh Older listeners may remember, and you might, if you were still clinging on to the Your Attitude Era fandom, might remember Raven doing the Seven Deadly Sins on Sunday Night Heat. Mm -hmm. And I remember that at the time being like, oh, this is so good, it should be on Raw. But WWE for years had treat Heat as this. I just put the rest over there. I don't want to think about Mm -hmm. it. Raven was booking that himself. That took zero of Vince McMahon's time. This feud, from I'm the same as you, from what I've seen on X, looks like it's taken some of Tony Khan's time and creative energy. What is that time and creative energy for if nobody's watching Rampage? Mm-hmm. As a businessman, are you not wasting your resources? Tony Khan must have to, on that big spreadsheet of his, must have to value the cost of one of his hours. An yeah. hour of Tony Khan's time is worth this much money, right? That's how billionaires live their lives, isn't it? <laughs> like, So he is taking time to book and create and cast for a rampage that nobody's watching, that's just bad business. Mm. To your point, if you're insisting on doing it that way, then your best frigging video package up Collision and Dynamite to draw people there. Yeah. Because a Twitter graphic is not going to do it. Nobody's going to watch Rampage that isn't already watching. 
So all that happens is that Mike Santana and Ortiz are left to fest. I saw another take on this. Sorry, tangent. I know we probably <laughs> even haven't got the time for it. Um, I don't think this was a dig at us, but if I was the type of person to uh, be susceptible to a subtweet, I would. <laughs> I saw a, it was getting a bit of traction, and I can't remember who the person is, so that's probably for the best because I don't want to dig them out for it. But it was basically having a bit of a pop at people complaining that Dynamite only has one woman's match a week. Now, as you can see, you can see why I would think mm. that maybe we were being sub, yeah. sub X there, but I don't think we were. I don't think we were being sub posted. Um, and the argument was there's women's wrestling everywhere. If you want women's wrestling, go and watch it where there's women's wrestling. Dynamite just isn't for that. We've learned that at this point. You're shouting into the breeze, go and watch it elsewhere. The example this poster used was I like Lucha Libre, but. And I'd love more of it on Dynamite, but there isn't, so I'll go and watch Lucha Libre companies to get my Lucha Libre, mm. right? That holds weight, but for me, if you're the North American number two, you have a responsibility of representation, yeah. and you are not meeting that responsibility, personally. Yeah. I think, like, if you are going to be the challenger brand, uh, you should challenge the market leader as best as you can. And you are, I mean, you are kind of at the moment because WWE's women's division is not great. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, though. Yeah, and, I, and I, I agree with that, right? And the fact is you don't even need to do much more. You're not even meeting the bare minimum. No. So I think that's another problem. But to that point, why I'm trying to tie this back to your Rampage thing is that, like, there isn't a reasonable argument of, mate, if you bang into this, you know you could just watch Rampage. But there has been years at this point of being told that Rampage is meaningless. So... Unfortunately for AEW, you kind of have to steer into that wind and just accept Rampage as a meaningless show. Mm. Now, you did get rid of Dark and Dark Elevation. So does Ring of Honor and Rampage not perfectly fit that role of Dark and Dark Elevation? Yeah. And then if something is good, what used to happen there? They would earn a promotion to Dark exactly. There is nothing fundamentally wrong with a tiered system, especially when you are past the point where you are going to draw an extra X thousand people or you're going to get oh, an extra full point in the demo. That is not going to happen. That's not going to happen with Mike Santana and Ortiz. It's not. I'm not, this is not a hot take. Mike Santana and Ortiz, as good as their stuff has been on X, well, sorry, on Rampage, and I've seen it on X, yeah, yeah, yeah. is not going to pull the number. No. So then that's just going to make them, from a perception point of view, look bad, isn't it? They're like, well we, get, well, we gave them the Rampage start and they couldn't do it. So, sorry. The only way that works, and this goes back to 1998, at the frigging peak of the Attitude Era, is when Steve Austin and The Rock worked heat. If you put Steve Austin and The Rock on Heat, yes. then people are like, well, I best check out Heat. Yeah. Right? If you take a mid-card story from Raw, and be like, we're just going to take that off Raw, and we're going to put that on Heat, and we're going to be Heat exclusive, people are just be like, well, I don't care about those mid-carders anymore. I'll see what the mid-carders on Raw are doing. Yeah. That, uh, I don't make the rules. That's the rule. <laughs> like, that's how this goes. If you, what's the exact, if MJF, right? So him and Kenny Omega have got like a last words thing on Rampage. I'll watch that. And then while I'm there, I'll be like, oh, Santana and Ortiz are having the payoff. That's a very good strategy for making me watch this Friday's Rampage. I'm not tuning in next week. No. Yeah, they've not got like a face-to-face between a hot-shotted world title match and a few blow-off on next week's Rampage. And if they do, oh my God, what are we doing in AEW? It's all gone, <laughs> it's all gone hog wild around here. Just, am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just, it's a tricky situation they're in. I look at this from a business perspective. If Tony Khan is dedicating himself to all those hours of Rampage and Ring of Honor, surely he cannot be getting the financial returns for his time. Mm. The time he spends on Collision and Dynamite are the ones, are the, are the TV rights, are the ratings, are the deals, are the profiled shows. This is Honor Club stuff. Yeah. This is C-show that if he's lucky, like 
allows like for people to get a bit of arena time after a dynamite. Will Miro continue his rampage tonight? Yeah. Kicking ass. Yeah. Um, Someone else should be like, hey, CJ, give me a call. You are Immediately kills them. I I do like the idea of... um, It's... It's a bit WWE adjacent. Remember, Lana was like, "I want to be a wrestler," and then she proceeds to get her ass handed to it every single week. Oh my god! Especially when it was by Nijax through tables. Oh my god! And then you'd kind of start to think, well, even in kayfabe, why do you want to be a wrestler? I kind of like that they're doing that again with the, uh, well, I got myself a new client, and then that client gets beaten by Miro, and then there's weeks this, and she's like, like winking and blowing kisses, and she's like, "Come on!" And she's like. I want some clients, but now nobody wants to come to me because they know they're going to get killed by Miro. That's a really effective way to get Miro over, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I do like this runner until the point where, like, Siege goes, I've got the client, and they're going to debut at, it's probably not time for full gear, they're going to debut at World's End. Yeah. My new client is not going to take on Miro because I'm sick of this happening, right? My new client is going to take on, give me a, a big uh, heel in AEW. Christian Cage. Love it. My new client is going to take on Christian Cage for the TNT title. Don't worry. You know, I'm not going to just feed you to the Lions. I've got you a title shot. And her new client is Miro. Oh, my God. One final question. I said we were going to promote, praise AEW. Uh, I saw a tweet courtesy. Well, I'm not sure if it's his tweet or him sharing this, but Kenny McIntosh, formerly of this parish, yep. putting over... A fabulous interviewer of wrestlers. Go check out his tours when he runs them. Yeah. Putting over the guy in AW this year who's had more matches than Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, Kanosuke Takeshita, Jay White, Hangman Page, MJF, Christian Cage, Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker, Riho, and the Young Bucks. Seven of his 25 have been title matches. I'm talking, of course, about the guy who won the Memphis Street Fight last week, one Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know where you were going, but I was so excited. I just want to give him some pra- How good is he, and does he deserve a title? Yeah. I was frigging... Like, my phone was nearly in the river last weekend when I was reading this, like, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy gobbling up TV time. Don't you fucking dare. Sorry, Wilbur. <laughs> Don't you dare put those two names together. Yeah. Like, it was pretty backwards that Eddie Kingston put himself in a situation where he had to lose a match to give somebody a title shot. I appreciate that they stretched kayfabe very thin <laughs> in order to give Jeff the big Eddie Kingston win. Um, it's great, though. He continues to deliver. Do people complain about his matches or do they just have loads of fun with them? Like, I complained about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre match. Mm-hmm. And even then, some people found things to like about it. And I'm like, I don't know if I've brought it, so I quite like Jeff Jarrett. Mm. So, like, I've, I've found his run to be flawless. I um, should have, to be honest, I should have lost a lot of weight taking him out of victory laps, but I write it was about Jeff Jarrett coming into AEW. Uh, but that's what. Uh, Daily Gregs will do against that. So, I, Jeff Jarrett's been a success story. Why are we talking about him? I'm glad. What's he, what's he up to? Is he in action or something? No, I just I, we, I wanted to get your thoughts on the, the thing from last week. And I just I thought that was a fascinating stat. He loses loads. Like, he won the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He beat Eddie Kingston for the purposes of this Jay White match, of which Eddie Kingston cut a money. Jay Lethal, not Jay, Jay Lethal. <laughs> Jay Lethal, because he got a money promo in the aftermath. Like, what's, what's the damage that he does? As a as a winner, the few times he gets, I think the big he should be hook and become the uh, FT FT FTMW. If anything, my world. Yeah. Oh my god! Follow the my world. You can't because you can't follow Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett versus Hook. 
Book it, Tony. Oh, my God. I'll tell you what, if you put it on Rampage... Wilborn, Jesus Christ. Get the button ready, right? Jeff Jarrett versus Hook. In the respective corners, Taz and Satnam Singh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Friggin' Taz going nose to bollocks with Satnam Singh. (laughs) Ah, yeah. And then Hook, red rum on Jarrett. Yeah. But he's got the guitar in his hand and he flips it on and smashes it with the guitar. Takes the belt. Uh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> I got a hook for you. <clears throat> Plays the guitar. Smash it over his head. No notes. Tick, tick, tick. Let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Collision this You're weekend. Not gonna let me do this again. <laughs> <laughs> on eggs uh, at What Culture WWE. Watch they can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. Smackdown preview is available right now. And Wrestle Culture with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz uh, is coming your way a little bit later on today. And myself. And uh, Hamflirt will be back on Monday to review SmackDown. And Sid will be back to review AW Collision with me then as well. But for now, this will be the AW Collision preview. My thanks to Michael Hamflirt. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.